listening to Abiding Hope Church's podcast of our weekly sermons. For more information about our church, please visit abidinghope.org. Our gospel this morning comes to us from Luke, the 10th chapter. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. The gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. So, for those of you who just nudged the person that you lived with and said, see, it's okay that I don't do the dishes, I have some bad news for you. I don't quite think that's what Jesus was saying, so you're going to have to continue that disagreement outside of this building. You see, Jesus says, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things, but he doesn't say not to do those tasks. He only says that sitting in the present moment, sitting at Jesus' feet, sitting with God is the better path. He doesn't say don't do any tasks. He just simply says they're not to be worried about. This text is much more about what we worry about, what we allow to fill our psyches, than it is about what we are doing. You see, there are two sisters, right? There are two sisters in this text, and when Jesus enters their home, these are the sisters of Lazarus. They would have known Jesus. When Jesus enters their home, they react very differently, right? Mary sits at the feet of Jesus. She recognizes that someone holy is in front of her, and she sits in that present moment, experiencing the love and joy that comes when we sit with anyone. And then there's Martha. And Martha is simply following what's expected of her. At that time, in modern Palestine, in modern America, if someone comes into your house, it is considered polite and even expected to offer them something, right? We don't know what her tasks were. Maybe she was making lemonade, maybe she was making a whole feast. We're not quite sure, but she's simply following what's expected of her. Something that I know I do often, if someone comes to my home unexpectedly, I'm like throwing things in the closet while I'm opening the door, right? We've all done this. She's not doing anything wrong. What happens, though, is she gets so frustrated that she's the only one working that she goes to Jesus, she goes to God, and says, tell my sister to stop being so lazy. She lets herself get pretty worked up and self-righteous, right? That's the problem, that she's so worried about the tasks getting done, and she's worried about being left out of the conversation, and she's worried that things are not fair between her and Mary, as if life is ever fair, and it, it gets so into her head that she goes to Jesus, and she's like, 
dude, you got to tell her to help me. She's so sure she's right. And he says, you are worried and distracted by many things, but only one matters. And that one thing is the person in front of you. It's the present moment. It's the love and the joy that you exchange when you are focused on someone and not on tasks. There's a wonderful quote by Julian of Norwich that says, the fullness of our joy to behold the God in everything is our birthright. The fullness of joy to behold the God in the person sitting in front of us is our birthright. You see, we get so caught up in what we think we are supposed to be doing that we don't even think we deserve to just sit and experience the joy of our present moment. The fullness of joy to experience God in everything. That is the promise made in the baptismal waters. That is what it is to be a created child of God, which everyone is, by the way is that there is God in me and there is God in you. And when we sit and are present with each other, when we listen to each other and we love one another, joy emerges because two things that were created the same are existing together. To experience the joy of God in everything, in the person in front of you, in nature, in really good food, in activities that you love, in moving your body in a way that feels good to your body. The God in everything is your birthright. And I would add that it's maybe more your birth responsibility. You see, Martha here thinks she's right. She thinks the world should sort of be catering to her, right? When you think you have rights, you expect people to do things for you. But what Jesus tells her is that she's the one missing it. She's being irresponsible with the gift of God sitting in front of her because she's not paying attention to it. I think I've also been irresponsible with that gift. But the joy that happens when we are existing in a present moment, only worried about love, only worried about people, only worried about kindness. That's joy, and that is who we were created to be. The resurrection of Jesus is about creating life in our world. It's about creating joy in our world. It's about experiencing moments with fewer worries about things that just don't matter all that much. I don't know if you've noticed, but in the Bible, quite a few times, it tells us that the wise people are the ones who hold their tongues, and it's the fools who speak. In light of Mary this morning, that seems quite applicable, doesn't it? When we get so caught up in us being right, when we get so caught up in climbing whatever ladder it is that we feel will lead us to success, however you define it, We start to think that we are right and everyone else in the world is wrong. And then we tell God to tell our sister to help us prepare some lemonade. And we put our foot in our mouth. I will add here that speaking is only foolish when you are speaking out of your own self-righteousness. It is never foolish in the Bible to speak up on behalf of others, right? That is coming out of love. That is coming out of a need for justice in our world. That is creating more life and joy. But when you're speaking on behalf of yourself, you should maybe listen. I'm guessing this story wouldn't even be in our biblical text if Mary would have gone to, or if Martha would have gone to Mary and Jesus and said, I just want to be present with you. Would you mind helping me make the lemonade? 
It would have skirted some societal responsibilities, which is another thing Jesus is all about, by the way. But it would have allowed them to be together. It would have produced that love and life. And everyone would have gotten what they needed. This text has nothing to do with what tasks you're doing. As a friend reminded me earlier today, someone has to cook. These things need to get done. But it is about doing them with love and joy. And so if you find yourself not doing something with love and joy, ask a question. Ask for help. The whole Bible is about being interdependent, not independent. And this joy, it's more than just happiness, right? It's not about like feeling good in every moment. It's about this well of joy that comes when you are in relation with someone, when the God in you recognizes and sees the God in someone else. And so it doesn't matter what your circumstances are. It matters what you're focused on. You have many worries and distractions, but only one, only love, only joy, only hope is worth anything. I had the privilege of living and learning in the country of Cambodia for a year post-college. And part of Cambodia's history is that that country has very recently experienced a genocide. So when we got to Cambodia during our training, we were learning language and, you know, how to buy vegetables at the supermarket, though that one took me a while to learn. And we were also learning country history. So we had this day where we went out and we visited as a group different sites from the genocide. So we started our day, and it was a group of people who were good friends at this point. We'd spent every day together for like two weeks and grown to love each other and all of our quirks, and we, we were laughing on our first drive to the first stop. And after that stop, we all got a little bit more somber. We started asking more questions. And then after the second stop, we went to have lunch, and it's one of the most awkward meals I've ever eaten. We just sort of stared at our rice. No one ate very much. And as the weight of what that country had experienced hit us, all of us throughout the day just kept wondering how we could possibly exist in this space. How I could hold that story for someone and make it through a year. And I couldn't understand how some people had made it through many, many years. But after our last stop that day, when we were driving back to our hostel, it started torrential downpouring, the only rain that o- the kind of rain that only comes in Southeast East Asia in the afternoons, torrential downpouring. And one guy had been our TikTok, TikTok, t- had been our tuk-tuk driver, excuse me, for a couple weeks then, so he knew us really well, and, and he cared a lot about us, you know, not getting wet, so he stopped, he was drenched to the core, and he sort of uh, zipped down the sides of our little carriage behind his motorcycle, that's what a tuk-tuk is, and he said, why, why are you guys so sad? You're usually laughing. You usually sing songs. Why are you so sad? And we just said, oh, we had a heavy day. And he said, oh, okay. So he got back on his tuk-tuk and he drove us the rest of the way back to our hostel. And as we started getting out, he was trying to usher us from the tuk-tuk to the awning so we wouldn't get drenched like he was. And he said, you know, many things are bad here, but, but it's not so bad anymore. And many things are good too. And as he said that, there were some kids playing soccer in the street, also drenched to the court, still torrential downpouring, and they started singing a song we knew. It was the only Khmer song we knew at that point. It was called Rike Jung, and you dance to it by twisting your heel side to side. And I don't know who started it, but we all went out into the street, into the pouring rain, and we started singing Rike Jung and twisting our heels 
side to side. Other people were driving by on tuk-tuks and they were joining in, singing as they were driving. The kids kept singing as they played soccer and they invited a few of us to go play. And this weight sort of lifted off our shoulders because we realized that by being present with the people who were there, we could hold this really heavy thing and still experience joy. Right? That's how you get through life is you look at someone in front of you and you care and you love them enough to experience joy together, even when things are really heavy. Life wasn't all flowers and butterflies in Cambodia at that point. When he said things are better, that was definitely a, you know, everything's relative type statement. But there was so much joy in people just loving and caring for one another. And things are not all butterflies and rainbows in our country here today but there is still joy in loving and caring for one another. You have many worries, but only one matters because the fullness of joy, of loving the person in front of you, of seeing God in front of you, of experiencing resurrection because you are around people, that is our birthright and our responsibility. Amen.